Hello, I'm Ken Siong, Technical Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, and I'm here with Wissan Kwok, Chair of the Ethics Board. We are joined by several additional board members, Marisa Aubier, Don Thompson, Sylvie Soulier, and Jim Gay. We are here to report back on some of the highlights from the Ethics Board's meeting held in Toronto, Canada, April 7th through 9th, 2014. Wissan, this was the first meeting of the board this year. What are the main matters you would report from this meeting? Thank you, Ken. Um, we started off with paying a tribute uh, in memory of our late chair, Jürgen Holmquist. He tragically passed away two Fridays ago. Uh, it was a great loss to IESBA. He was somewhat, somebody who had embraced the public interest cause so wholeheartedly, uh, somebody who truly believes in the code that we have, and somebody who had done an outstanding job for IESBA, having traveled, uh, I believe, um, one country per month on average since he became a chair and had uh, something like two activities per week, uh, totaling about 160 since he became uh, the chair. We'll all miss him. Um, uh, the board stood in silence in memory of Jürgen. Um, overall, the board had a successful meeting. Uh, the four, four work streams, uh, firstly Part C, I think the... Uh, the board gave uh, the task force a, a good landing on, on the principles and the concepts that they should be looking at. So what we're hoping for is that at the next board meeting we'll have, an expo uh, we'll have the drafting for those two sections uh, plus cons uh, conforming amendments to the other sections. Uh, on long association, uh, I believe the task force has, has received um, important uh, landing on at least three of the four matters. Uh, with one outstanding to be discussed at the next uh, board meeting, and the hope is that uh, there is enough for us to get to a, an exposure draft by the next meeting. Uh, Non-assurance services, I'm very glad to report that we have got an exposure draft approved, uh, which Sylvie, my colleague, will run through uh, shortly. Uh, structure of code, something that's really important to all our stakeholders. Uh, I'm glad to report that we've successfully approved the commencement of the uh, project. The board has also been successful uh, in, in the sense that we had a substantive discussion on emerging issues. Uh, we have got a landing on the strategy and work plan, uh, and hopefully at the next meeting we'll have a finalized uh, strategy and work plan for 2014 and for the next two and a half years. Uh, this meeting also saw the introduction of two new board members uh, from China and Japan. Uh, uh, we think it's an important addition to our board. Uh, it it creates, uh, uh, brings diversity to the board, and hopefully helps us in uh, improving or enhancing the quality in the in the code that we produce. Uh, with that, Ken, I pass back to you. Thank you, Wisan. If I may now turn to Marisa. Marisa, you chaired the Long Association project at this meeting, and the board had a quite a robust discussion on this project. What were, um, from your perspective, the main highlights from this discussion? Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Sun. Um, this project has been focused on reconsidering and really enhancing the provisions on long association and making sure the principles are robust enough to deal with uh, the threats to independence that arise from the long association of, of individuals on an engagement with an audit client. Um, and it really was the, f the, the focus of the task force to, to in enhance the guidance to allow a professional accountant to really understand the factors to take into account and raise the importance of evaluating the familiarity and self-interest threats that, that can arise from long association. 
Most of the board's debate really centred on the mandatory partner rotation requirements for pies and determining what the appropriate cooling off period for key audit partners should be. And this was really the area that the board had previously uh, determined should be an area that we look at, not not the um, the time on for service, which would remain at seven years, but really what would be an appropriate uh, cooling off period because both the board and many of our stakeholders uh, thought that, that that period was too short. Um, and the other aspect that uh, the, the task force proposed uh, changes in were regarding the activities that, that, that those individuals would undertake uh, during that cooling off period. So there had been some debate originally about increasing the cooling off period to three years for all key audit partners and all pies, and there was a simplicity um, to that approach um, that um, that appealed to to some members. Um, however, it was also uh, thought that in order to make an important change in a, in an area that three years was also seen potentially as not being uh, enough of a change. So, the board really um, expressed various views on the topic, but uh, the majority preferred in the end to support increasing the cooling off period to five years but only in respect of the lead audit partner for all pies and really this is um, about focusing on the individual has the most um, impact on the audit and and ensuring that when that individual um, has to rotate off the audit engagement that they're away long enough to not influence the the incoming partner and really allow a fresh look on the audit engagement. There was also agreement that the individual should have limited contact with the engagement team and the client during cooling off, um, and that's for the same same reasons, to allow a fresh look. Uh, however, the majority of the board also agreed that uh, there should be some flexibility with respect to individuals who might have specialist skills or expertise or move into technical roles and to, to consider how they can um, potentially be involved um, after a, a certain period. Um, and then there was consensus as well as to... Um, uh, you know the general principle that the contact should be limited um, going forward. Uh, lastly, there was agreement that the concurrence of those charged with governance should be sought when the firm applies provisions that allow some extra years to be served in certain circumstances, and those are currently contained in paragraphs 291.52 and 291.54. Thank you very much, Marisa. Don, if I may turn to you now, the structure of the code was also on the board's agenda at this meeting. Uh, it is one of the high priority topics on the board's work program, and the board certainly ha had a very good discussion on this initiative. What, what were, in your, um, in your own words, the main outcomes from the board discussion this week? First of all, this initiative is focused on the usability of the code, including changes that may be appropriate to enhance its understandability and enforceability. At this meeting, the board considered the recommendations of the working group and approved a project to address the following key matters. Firstly, separating requirements clearly from guidance while retaining adherence to the conceptual framework as an overarching requirement. Also more clearly enabling identification of a firm's responsibilities and together with firms' policies and procedures, the responsibilities of particular professional accountants. Thirdly, increasing the clarity of language, taking advantage of drafting conventions and editorial review, and considering consistency of approach. 
And with all of this, identifying and advising on electronic features to be incorporated in the code, both in the near term and more extensively to be coordinated with the restructuring. And as part of that uh, introduction of more electronic features, looking at uh, reorganizing the code, again, to enhance its clarity and usability. One of the topics that got particular attention was the identification of responsibility and the board recognizes that there is existing language both in the code and in ISQC-1 and that it will be appropriate to li liaise with the IWASB as the initiative proceeds. The timelines for the initiative are reflective of the importance that is attached to it and we are working towards a consultation paper in October 2014 with an exposure draft in October 2015 and if everything remains on track having a restructured code approved and issued in 2016. The board will be considering the alignment of these timelines and progress made along the way with the work of other projects and will determine uh, appropriate aspects to pick up in other projects as we proceed. Thank you, Don. Uh, Sylvie, if I may turn to you now, uh, the board also discussed the topic of non-assurance services at this meeting. Um, what were the main highlights from the board discussion, if I may, please? The non-assurance service task force is very pleased uh, to achieving a first important step of its project on uh, non-assurance services by obtaining an anonymous vote on an exposure draft to address key requests from our stakeholders. Those requests relate to uh, the emergency provision uh, in the section on accounting records and, fin uh, and financial statements and in taxation services, on management responsibilities and also on the concept of routine and mechanical in the preparation of accounting records and financial statements. Uh, in relation to emergency uh, situations, the board confirmed its agreement to delete the emergency provision as recommended by the task force in prior board meetings. In relation to management responsibilities, the board commented, agreed on proposed edits. Uh, now, management responsibilities are better described in a streamlined paragraph and they are illustrated by practical examples. The section is further strengthened by the introduction of robust requirements in relation to the involvement of informed clients management when providing non-audit services. And the provision of administrative services is now addressed in a specific paragraph separately from management responsibilities and enhanced with clearer guidance. The board also agreed to align the changes on management responsibilities for audit uh, engagements and assurance engagements. So uh, changes done in section 290 on management sections uh, are also uh, now um, implemented in section 291. The board commented and agreed on additional edits and guidance to further clarify the concept of routine and mechanical and the addition of specific examples. While the uh, 
exposure draft uh, will be for exposure. The task force will continue to work on its project in relation to uh, non-assurance issues. Thank you very much, Sylvie. Jim, if I may turn to you, uh, the board also considered its project on uh, a review of parts of the code and uh, understand the task force brought two uh, areas within this project for the board's further consideration. What would you report as uh, being the main outcomes of the board discussion this week? Uh, thanks, Ken. As, as Wissan said, the main objective of, uh, of our uh, work on the meeting this time was to develop agreement uh, on the board about the, the basic principles and concepts that uh, will drive the more detailed drafting. We did present to the board drafts of two standards as a way, as a way of specifically um, addressing these issues. Um, the first one is uh, a revision of Section 320, Reporting of Information. Uh, and this has to do with reporting by professional accountants in business, uh, preparing information of all sorts, inf financial information, non-financial non information, uh, information which is produced for internal or external purposes or both. So it uh, covers a wide range. Uh, the focus of the uh, uh, discussion at this meeting, which was based on re looking at the fundamental principles uh, of the code and also uh, focusing on the usefulness of information by the users of information, um, w uh, is to produce a, a robust standard that uh, focuses, and what we focused on was uh, intentional misrepresentation and particularly um, misrepresentation by external, uh, for external financial reports in relationship to uh, financial reporting frameworks. Another issue that uh, w uh, got a lot of discussion was uh, about the completeness of information, basically how much information um, should be or, or needs to be uh, produced uh, by PAIBs. Uh, the other standard that uh, was discussed uh, is a new standard, uh, which we're tentatively numbering 370, which has to do with pressure. Uh, and this was a uh, result of a survey of PAIBs uh, asking them to identify the most important ethical issues facing them in their work. And the most important one by far was uh, pressure on them to violate the fundamental principles. So Section 370 is oriented towards that. Um, well, we're going to be continuing work on this. Uh, we made good progress in terms of, of getting the uh, underlying principles and concepts uh, to drive this. Um, one issue that we're going to be working further on is uh, uh, the use of the uh, threats and safeguards framework, which uh, is the foundation of, uh, of the code of ethics, and also um, kind of making sure that we are appeal back to the, to the fundamental principles that uh, go along with, uh, with that framework. Uh, one of the issues that uh, attracted a lot of discussion was uh, the diversity of norms. The, the task force has been working on this and continues to work on this. It's a difficult issue, but one that I think everyone recognizes being uh, an important one, uh, and so we'll be working on that uh, more. Um, and then we're looking forward to, as, uh, as uh, uh, Wissan had said, to uh, a, a draft of, of these two sections plus the consequential amendments that uh, ro uh, roll away from it uh, in other sections of Part C. Thank you, Jim, and thank you again, Wissan, Marissa, 
Don and Sylvie. The next meeting of the Ethics Board will be held on July 7th through 9th, 2014 in New York, United States. The Ethics Board meetings are open to the public and we encourage those interested in the Board's work to attend the meeting. To register as an observer, visit the meetings page on the Board's website, www.ethicsboard.org. There you can find uh, additional information about the Board and the projects discussed. The Board records podcast summaries following each meeting. You can also subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC Accountancy Podcast in the Apple iTunes Store. Thank you for listening.